0: Hello and welcome to another of Political Yetis Politics podcasts. I'm James Miller, and this week I am joined by Kirsten Oswald, the SNP MP for East Renfrewshire. Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome back. Thank we you very been much. On this incarnation. No. Uh, and I'm delighted to be joined for the first time by Kate Devlin of the Heralds. I'm a Mr. newbie. Mr. This is my very first time. It is. Well, you weren't allowed on the old incarnation because you were a competitor. But now you are. Now I can have whoever (laughs) I want on, because it belongs to me. This podcast, for now, Um, until such time as you know, Mister Kit Kat gives me loads of sponsorship and tells me what to say. Um, Mister Kit Kat featured last week. We had a lot of Kit Kats in last week's podcasts. I'm sure Well the fact,
1: MPs will come if you offer them KitKats keep saying KitKat well, I still is... haven't had any sponsorship from Mr KitKat <laughs> really annoying um, <laughs> and
2: we have not been provided with KitKats no, no, well, to eat during point.
0: this yeah. wonderful podcast uh, that was because it was Ian Murray who provided the KitKats uh, insert oh. your own comment about Ian Murray's KitKat addiction there no I um,
1: failed I'll bring Jaffa Cakes next time
0: uh, Jaffa Cakes were very popular as the uh, Biscuit of choice, even no though they may not be biscuits. Um, <laughs> let's start with uh, another uh, jingle, which sounds like this:
1: Double
0: party horn, double party horn. Um, PMQS in review. Okay, Kate, since you are new, uh, lead us on this one because, frankly, me and customers in it was a bit rubbish but you think otherwise.
2: Yeah, I probably do, actually. Um, I mean, you could accuse it of being Groundhog Day because Jeremy Corbyn effectively picked up where he left off uh, uh, before the MPs went on a week's holiday. Mm -hmm. But he was probably right to. He managed to put Theresa May under a bit of pressure um, on um, social care. And um, the accusation he had two weeks ago about a sweetheart deal uh, for one Uh, one council that would not be going to to the others. He also managed to keep the pressure on uh, about the NHS.
0: Mm.
2: I do wonder as well, I mean, at some point, the low expectations that Jeremy Corbyn has could be seen, you know, potentially to help him. Um, At some point, people, you know, voters might think, Well, he turns out to be better than we thought he would. I don't want to overplay that. Clearly, clearly their poll (laughs) ratings are terrible. But, you know, you and I know the politics is, and you do as well, I'm sure, politics is often an expectation game. Expectations are very low at the minute. Uh, You know, occasionally having a good uh, day may help him to get through to voters who... You know, potentially think they could vote for him. The problem is all the polls show that there are lots and lots more voters out there
1: who's, who suggest that they would never vote for him.
0: Do you think Jeremy Corbyn had a good day, Kirsten?
1: Perhaps it, it's all relative. It did feel a bit like Grand Talk Day to me. It, it was a, a real rerun of the, the PMQs just before recess and Uh, I I thought that that was a shame um, because there were a number of other things that it would have been good to see some strong opposition on Um, I thought that after the lobby with the EU Nationals this week that that's something that I Mm -hmm. would have hoped and expected um, that Jeremy Corbyn would have gone on. I appreciate that might be difficult for him because uh, you know, having heard some of his colleagues this week, uh, they they seem to be um, treading a very fine line on EU Nationals, which I personally think is is quite ridiculous. They, They really need to um, get with it and and you know step up do the right thing here so i'm disappointed that they they didn't um i i think that in terms of Theresa may my main takeaway because it was all a bit samey um was that she, she really points her finger a lot she gets <laughs> quite cross doesn't she and she shows that by pointing her finger further and further over the dispatch box um and i was a little bit concerned it was going to go right over at one point um so i i think that you know certainly she, she wasn't, I'm terribly happy at PMQs, but I'm not sure, other than the Istanbul Convention question, uh, which I think Angus Robertson did brilliantly well uh, getting in there, that we took much new away.
0: No, um, you mentioned the pointing. Uh, The only other interesting thing was the dabbing. Tom Watson dabbing on the front bench, well, which is Well, we can't see
1: that from the SNP benches, but we wondered why all the Conservatives suddenly dabbed, which was most unexpected because we hadn't seen um, what Tom Watson did. So, yes, there was a bunch behind Theresa May who suddenly waved their arms about, and we had no idea why that happened.
0: Tom Watson's really cool, basically, right? Is Tom Watson cool?
1: He's
2: certainly cooler than I am because I did not know what dabbing was until about half an hour ago.
0: Is it really appropriate to dab on the front bench? Or is it just a bit silly?
1: If you can't clap which is quite normal behaviour to show that you're happy about something. Mm. It does Whoa. strike me that dabbing might not be the most appropriate way to conduct yourself.
0: Okay. I thought but you were going if to if say the SNP were going to start dabbing. If they're not allowed to clap, we'll all start <laughs> we're t- dabbing. That'd we're be quite amazing. tightly packed
1: in. I think we would injure each other, so we oh, better not. If you did
0: it, you know, you're know, you all robots. You could be programmed <laughs> to do it at the same time in the same way, right? That's,
1: that's... You've obviously never been dancing with us.
2: But <laughs> so, like, if what you're trying to do is put Theresa May under pressure, is also to put her off. Um it, you know, um unexpected things in the chamber can be <laughs> oh, quite useful. I mean no, I mean David Cameron Where does that to, end? David Cameron used to hate it when Ed Bowles um, sat there uh, doing the flatlining yeah. um, a gesture with his hand about the state of the economy. And it incredibly <laughs> riled David Cameron.
0: All right, well there's an interesting point. Maybe it riled David Cameron because he hated Ed Bowles because um Ed Bowles was a serious opponent. Tom Watson's not going to wind up Theresa May. A because I suspect Theresa May's not particularly okay with dabbing. <laughs> you might be right. B because he's not a serious politician. Possibly because he's dabbing, so he's not serious. Is I agree fair? with you.
2: I think probably where it falls down is that Theresa May probably doesn't know what, what dabbing was. Um I agree with Kirsten as well that um the um Angus Robertson's question on um Uh, the private member's bill on Friday on domestic violence was incredibly smart politics. He really, he kind of put her into a a position where she had very little room for manoeuvre and so she she did um, as he asked, which in itself is unusual as PMQs, Mm. and she urged her own backbenchers not to talk out a bill this Friday, which creates some problems for her because if they do, it looks as if she's not really uh, got the control of her own backbenchers that uh, one would hope the Prime Minister has.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned this, Angus Robertson. Um, as we say every week, essentially we go, "Ah, PMQs was a bit rubbish." Jeremy Corbyn's rubbish. Angus Robertson was better than Jeremy Corbyn, which is not saying much. Um, were you aware of what he was going to ask about? Because I was, when he started asking his question, which was uh, essentially, uh, Illy Whiteford has this backbench bill on ratifying the Istanbul Convention, which is against domestic violence. You know, can you make your people not mess it up, please? Um, Initially I was like, What's he up to here? What is there gonna be is it a classic Robertson one two where there's gonna be some sort of sucker punch in the second question? I mean what were you thinking when you first heard him come out with that question?
1: Um, I, I wasn't surprised to hear him come out with that question, I think it's a really important thing, I think it, it's a f- fantastic opportunity for us to get this um, right through uh, and get it onto the statute book, it, it is a really important topic and I think a lot of people feel strongly about it and to try and make sure that we can bring everyone together on that I think it's quite a powerful thing, um, Angus I think has got a, a history of you know doing that, of trying to make sure that we can find a way forward together or at least inviting people to come with us on whatever journey we're going on, and it would be really unfortunate if even despite the prime minister, you know, making a plea at PMQs for her backbenchers not to mess this up, if they did. So, you know, I really hope that they don't add this to the list of shame um, of you know bills that they've filibustered because it's always things that are really important, and you know this is something that people do feel really strongly about. It really will make a difference. So, yeah, let's see if they actually do listen to their leader.
0: This is the man I described in a tweet as Meninist Bampot Philip Davis, which I think is entirely accurate. Um,
1: Uh, Yes. He's talked
0: out parking charges in hospitals... He's talked out, what else has he talked out? All sorts of the, yeah, been, generally nice things. People with bills to the, make things life better. He, he has a habit he, of talking out. He
1: does have a very, very unfortunate habit of talking out things which um, people would generally accept as being ways to improve society and to improve life. Um, and doing so usually in a particularly offensive and disagreeable <laughs> manner. Uh, right. But we hope he won't do that on Friday.
0: But let's go there. I, uh, Philip Davis, Meninist banpot would say this bill is unfair, it's a waste of time because it's about violence against women and men sometimes, there's sometimes violence against men too, so it's not fair, it's rubbish is what he'll say. He's got a point, hasn't he? No, I no, don't of course think he has <laughs> a point
1: at all It doesn't have a point at all I don't think that we need to be um, going down to the lowest common denominator, I think that of course violence against men is to be deplored so is violence against women, let's get this through the house
0: um, Have you ever met Philip Davis?
2: I have, yes. I've had lunch with him.
0: Is he a horrible human being? <laughs>
2: no. no, he's not. Uh, he's incredibly affable. Um, he's a very fun lunch partner. Um, and uh, though sometimes um, I do get the feeling that perhaps he is saying some things for effect, I do believe that other things he does genuinely believe.
0: Yeah, I mean, you couldn't do all the things he says without believing in it mainly the women are rubbish stuff, right? How did you manage to have lunch with him? Didn't he, like, talk down to you and make you clear up the table or something?
2: No, not at all, not at all. Um, And um, uh, there are other politicians um, who, um, well, very few actually, to be fair, but, you know, I have met politicians who do display those kind of attitudes towards women. And I would say that Philip Davis, um, for, you know, better or worse, is not one of them.
0: Um... Do we think, then, that he will turn up on Friday and talk this bill out? It's not just him. It'll be, um, who's the other fella? Nuttall?
1: He liked, Nuttall. David
0: Nuttall. He likes to talk things out yeah, as well, he doesn't does. he? Um, do we think they're going to turn up and do it?
1: Um, I, think, I think maybe not. I hope not. I don't think that it will suit them to do that. I think there's another bill coming up right behind it, which they might want to support. So perhaps circumstances, rather than their goodwill, um, will help us. And, and of course, I mean, the
2: other thing that we have to say is that this is not necessarily just about this bill. This feeds into a wider narrative about Theresa May's difficult relationship with her own backbenches, benches, um, leading to claims, you know, that they are not the effective opposition. Hmm. and In order to remain the effective opposition, you occasionally have to flex your muscles.
0: Um, lots of people claim to be the effective opposition, don't they? Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> quite rightly, in some <laughs> cases, of who, everyone, every prime minister, every leader of the Tory party, has had a difficult relationship with Philip Davis because he won't be told what to do. To be fair, this, so I mean, I get what you mean. This could feed into it, but if it is just Philip Davis and all that turn up, they're just nutters, basically. Yes, and, and
2: to be fair, everyone has had um, difficult relationships with difficult um, individual members of their own yeah. benches, but not every Conservative or indeed Labour Prime Minister, has had such a tight majority in the House of Commons.
0: True. And that
2: is the, the kind of um, you know view yeah. that this needs to be seen in as well.
0: OK, well, we'll wait and see what happens on Friday. But what we, well, we broadly suspect, the numbers will turn up and the bill will get through. Certainly I Certainly hope so. think, especially given what Theresa May said today, that's got to help a bit. Some, there will be some Tory backbenchers thinking, yep. all right, I've got nothing better to do on Friday, I'll turn up. Just to keep the prime minister sweet and keep it in good books. cross-party
1: yeah. support is very welcome.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, we've been talking about Philip Davis. Let's move on to another man who appears to not like women and is a bit crazy, Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> we had well, the. my favourite character. Uh, we had the Trump debate on Monday. Um, you were in it, Kirsten. I was. Um, um, waste of time, damp squib, or. Uh, very much a you know a message sent around the world.
1: It was, a, it was certainly the busiest I've ever seen Westminster Hall. Um, there was standing room only, people were squeezed into every corner. Uh, I was surprised to learn that it was being live streamed, I think, by the Washington Post. So, you know, right. it certainly was um, seen and heard in places that perhaps Westminster Hall debates aren't always yeah. seen and heard. Um, I think that was important because of the subject. Uh, I feel particularly strongly that a state visit for Donald Trump is a very silly idea and inappropriate and was totally unnecessary um, to be offered in the first place Um, and it it seems that most of the people that live near me would share that view Um, but certainly I've had some interesting correspondence on both sides since the debate
0: Uh, interesting in the sense of crazy
1: interesting in the sense of I've had lots and lots of emails from some really lovely people in America a lot Mm -hmm. of the correspondence has come from America thanking me and saying that you know they're delighted to hear what I'm saying and that I'm speaking up for them uh, because they don't feel that their voices are being heard um, Mm -hmm. at home over all the the rhetoric of the the Trump team Uh, but I've also had some really interesting correspondence um, from people that I'm sure would not dare to say these things to me face to face Um, some of it's really sexist stuff as Kate said there's definitely another undercurrent in um, some places of uh, real sexism really unpleasant stuff some really quite unpleasant stuff some racist stuff um and some of it just completely barking mad um do you feel threatened no i don't really um to you know to to be fair a, a lot of it is coming from America. So, um, you know, there's a big geographical um, space Mm -hmm. between me and anybody who's uh, getting in touch with me in that particular way. Um, And, you know, sometimes sometimes there are particular threats to MPs and that's never acceptable as it wouldn't be in any other field. But I do think in this particular case, that these people would be scared out of their wits if I appeared at their front door and asked them what exactly they thought they were doing talking to me like that. But yeah. perhaps Donald Trump would be a bit like that as well. I don't um, think he likes ooh. women with opinions either.
0: Well, um, that's true. That sounds fun. Uh, have you got your plans to set up at the White House door and have a word? I'm not
1: sure I'm going to get into America <laughs> no, after what I said in the Trump debate, <laughs> so uh, perhaps not.
0: Um well it's alright you're not from Syria or something so you, you know, you'll be allowed in on that basis because right? uh, of course he's not racist that was one of the things I spotted in the debate was Nigel Evans made quite a sensible defence of Trump saying that he's just doing what he said he was going to do you know he's democratically elected he said he was going to do this stuff and he's doing it which, you know, you can disagree with, but it's a fair defence, and then said, I've seen no evidence that he's racist.
1: Yeah, he's obviously just not been watching or listening. Not been paying attention, yeah. What about a-
0: the whole Mexicans are all rapists thing, for a start? Yeah, some, you know? some
1: extraordinary things were said by some of the Conservative MPs in the debate. So Nigel Evans didn't think he was racist. Um, I'm racking my brain to work out who it was who thought it was perfectly OK, and we'd all said... To others that we would want to grab somebody's pussy, he thought that was perfectly normal. I nearly fell off my seat. That's not something oh. that I would expect anyone that I know to go around saying in private wow. or in public. Um, new... And you know, Donald Trump is the prime minister, uh, the president of America. He has a particular responsibility to behave properly. We should never defend that. It's just pure and simple sexism. And for other MPs to talk that way, oh, just despair. It is. But
0: interestingly, I think in a way, I think they reflect the views of a lot of people, which is why you want. I think a lot of men and actually a lot of women will have heard what he said about that and gone. It is just locker room talk and not taking it as seriously as we metropolitan liberal
1: elite do. I'm reasonably sure I'm not the Metropolitan Liberal Elite and I think it's pretty deplorable. Yeah, Metropolitan Liberal Elite. <laughs> your, your seat is like the, Suburban the, the core sure. of Metropolitan Liberal Elite in Scotland, isn't it? Oh, I'm sure everybody there will be absolutely delighted to hear themselves characterised that way, um, uh, but no.
0: Um, yeah, I just wonder, I mean, I suppose I, I, we'll get a test of that tomorrow. Uh, we've got a couple of by-elections tomorrow, of course, and um, well, all right, I'll spring it on you. Predict them, Kate, how the by-election's going to go.
2: Nutt- that is, That is a great question.
0: Um, I'll put my cards on the table. I okay, think, you go. I with, think yeah. Nuttall will come first or a close second because it is a classic example of he says mad things, he's... Uh, made all sorts of blunders on mm, twitter which mm. we liberally sit in london and go ah ha, ha, he's an idiot mm. uh nobody on stoke cares because nobody in stoke is on twitter or not that many people on stoke are spending their days looking at twitter anyway mm, mm. um and they'll vote for him anyway that's what happened in america that's what happened at brexit le- I, le- let, me make the, happened again. let
2: me make the flip side argument which um uh, i've heard in the past couple of days is um if you compare it to what happened in scotland after the referendum. And indeed, what happened in Quebec after the referendum. Mm. There was a surge both for the SNP and for the Party Quebecois. Yeah. Because they lost. Yeah. And people were looking for a um, vehicle mm. in which to um, uh, show, you know, everything that they had felt during yeah. those okay. referendum campaigns. There is a question as to whether that... It exists for UKIP or has effectively dissipated because Theresa May is now the standard bearer for Brexit in the United Kingdom. I don't, I, you know, I kind of agree with you on, on the closeness of it, mm-hmm. but I wonder if if it had been a different result. Yeah if we would be seeing this the UKIP surge a, a now. Surge.
0: Here all right then here's the other side of that then the other story which I think might be well worth watching and both Copeland and Stoke mm. is the Lib Dem fight back. They're the, the they are the party of Remain now and I suspect they will do very well in both seats.
2: Yes, I, I agree. I I would agree on that one. Yeah. Um they're not gonna, you know, um come close to taking them, um, but they are um going to experience a surge which will be um useful to them um in other um, constituencies yeah. they you know that kind of surge of the loser that we're talking about
1: mm, okay I, I think it's going to be really close I think it's really difficult to predict what's mm, going to happen mm. uh, I, I wonder about UKIP and the Brexit vote and where that leaves them and um, mm. Paul Nuttall has said some terrible things that are clearly not true but uh, whether people are aware of that um, you know that mm. that's not entirely clear um, and what their views would be on that, you know, again I, I just don't know. I, I think it's really hard to predict either of them um, and yeah, Friday morning is going to be very interesting for us all to see. Uh, I think I would disagree with you about the parallel to Scotland um, I think that, you know, there is so much clear blue water between anything that the SNP stand for and anything that I would ever stand for. And <laughs> of course, of course and, and these parallels are only quite, ever. Um, uh, you know quite a gulf But it will certainly be very fascinating to see what happens. But
0: I think there is a a parallel in the sense that we're in a post-referendum politics, right?
1: In both Scotland and now in the UK. I I think that we're in a a new place, actually, in Scotland and in the UK. So, yeah, perhaps that comes from post-referendum times two now in Scotland. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we're certainly in an interesting place and that will have an impact upon what the results are. Um, And I think that whatever happens, it'll be analysed to bits because there is so few opportunities for people to try and get a handle on where we are in terms yeah. of politics and, mm. you know, in terms of the, the sort of new order, if you like. Uh, yeah. Very interesting.
0: Uh, it is, yes, which reminds me, I need to get some columns written tomorrow ready for the results to come out so I can then flog them first thing Friday morning. Um, <laughs> uh, you we just mentioned sort of abuse and stuff. Um, you, Kate, have written a number of front pages for The Herald. You seem to be writing quite a lot recently. Uh, well done, you. Um, <laughs> Thank was, you very that much. That was quite patronising. I didn't mean it to come out quite like that. Um, but do you get online abuse for them from any side in particular um, I, I get it from both sides
2: to yeah. be honest um, and um, the one thing that seems to be almost constant um, certainly nine out of ten cases is that there is usually a coda attached uh, in, which includes some kind of derogatory reference to women mm. um, and it can, you know the abusive tweet can start off um, on topic, off topic, um, but it will always include something misogynist against women. Sometimes I think I could write a story about the FA Cup final yeah. and I'd still go, well...
0: Let's not talk about football again. <laughs> we had that in PMQs with Theresa May being all... Uh, she knows about football. Although, to be fair... I, okay, you know, sorry. sorry also, Theresa May Something I less is contentious. Quite, Theresa May is quite good on football questions, I think. People all sort of uh, roll their eyes, but I think she quite well. Yeah, I Because I... Don't get much abuse as a rule, occasionally. But I engaged yesterday and I got called silly and daft. Now I strongly suspect that if I was a woman I'd get a lot worse than that. Do you agree? I think Or am I just silly and daft?
1: I think you possibly might. I think that you know that there is I think uh, a lot in what Kate has said that you know, mostly we just still carry on and do our jobs, and mm. you know, who would worry about people that think that that's a sensible way to behave? But there is an undercurrent often if people are taking things up with you in a um, more aggressive way of sexism. So yeah. Yeah, mm. perhaps, um, hey, one of you said something called you a harlot.
0: That's yes, a good, You're the, you're <laughs> just, you're the yes. harlot, are you Kate? Well, I mean, only because um, Baroness Wheatcroft in the Great Lords debate on the EU said that she'd been called a harlot. Yes. And that just seems a really weird... It's rather weird old-fashioned weird. Fashioned harlot, language, I was like, Well, it must yeah. be another peer who said that. Was it a peer who
1: said that, who, who tweeted you something? Not about? unless
2: he's going um, undercover on Twitter. <laughs> um, I, occasionally, they're very fuddy-duddy. Um, you come across, you know, very strange um, language. Not always, um, you know, necessarily the things that I would be that insulted but <laughs> no but yeah. you know clearly the intent yeah. um, is to insult and um, uh, you know and sometimes I mean people sometimes as well get the wrong end of the stick about I'm sure you've had this about what a story actually says maybe oh, they've yeah. seen the headline and so they come in and they you know they accuse you of um, being on the opposite side oh, yeah. and so you say you know you think to yourself if you had just read the story you would see that actually mm. this particular story is quite good for your side. Yeah, but it's absolutely. it's that kind of it's that kind of instant reaction. But I am really surprised at how much of it um, includes some, at least some kind of tiny reference yeah. to being a woman.
0: That's true in Scotland in particular. I I found that the people who abuse you, well, abuse you, uh, if if they think the story is unionist, you'll actually get sort of more abuse from the union nats or whatever they're called. They should have a name because That's for a all... long time they were the biggest problem. I didn't have any trouble with cybernats It was always the union gnats, sort of going, oh, you know, you've got that all wrong because you haven't gone in hard enough. And then often if you write a story that might be perceived as l- more pro SNP or, or less pro-union, you then that to the cybernats pile in because you haven't gone in hard enough, I find is, is the, a lot of the problem. It's not so much that they're objecting to the meat of
1: what you've done, that you haven't done it properly. I think so, it's okay for people to object to what any of us do, but yeah, it's not mm. okay if they're doing that yes. in an offensive or... Um, challenging way that, you know, has issues in terms of gender, or, you know, much worse, um, yeah. you know, that's never okay it doesn't mm-hmm. matter who you are or what you're doing, that isn't actually something that you should be dealing with, because it sends all kinds of messages yeah. about other groups in society that are just not okay
0: Yes, and uh, often the way to deal with these people is uh, engage with them politely, not if they're being abusive, clearly but often if people try and engage with you, just engage them in a nice way, and they will go oh yeah, actually you're right, or, you know, sorry and you can have a sensible conversation, even clearly if people are beyond the pale, you don't engage with them. But, uh.
2: but I do find that extraordinary and kind of offensive in itself. I mean, I don't or would not have thought that I would need to tell most ordinary people that that kind of language is not acceptable. Yes. And there is something inside me that objects. To having to suggest it to them. I agree with you. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. when you do, oh, yeah, there's a line. They, I mean, they turn over. But I would have thought they should have known that before they sent the first tweet.
0: Well, that is true. OK, fair enough. Uh, let us uh, finish up with uh, what I keep calling the new feature, but it's getting quite old now. Uh, and it is called uh, I Love Your Questions. And the jingle sounds like this. And afterwards, you can guess who the MP is. I love your questions. I love your questions. I love your questions. You go, it's like the Fabulous Baker Boys, or La La Land if you're young. Um, Who's the MP? Name that MP.
2: I don't know, actually. I have no idea. Excellent.
0: It rolls over again. This prize is going to be gigantic when somebody actually is it. Is it a KitKat? Is that what the prize is? Yeah, it's a secret prize. Uh, (laughs) It's just getting bigger, whatever it is. Um, I love your questions. Last week's question was set by Ian Murray. It was based on a book called... uh, Let's Dress Jeremy, a cut-out book in which you can dress Jeremy Corbyn uh, and his question for uh, well, for both of you. If there was a cut-out dress-up book featuring Alex Salmond, there might be, what would you dress Alex Salmond up as?
1: Oh, I, I think we should have a book like that and I'll well, definitely buy it. That sounds like great fun. Um, I think I would dress Alex up as a spaceman. A spaceman? I think so. I think he would look quite fetching in a spacesuit, don't you? Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I can see that. Alex Hammond, um, spaceman, well, he, he, has taken us to places we've yeah. never been before. But <laughs> also, go. absolutely, oh. very much the boldly oh, go. He loves all that, doesn't he? You're not one of these suggest... S.M.P. Star Trek people. I'm afraid are you? I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm just you know, I would like them. to say I was, but no, I just don't really get that. But Good. yeah, I think he would like it again. as well.
0: Uh, yeah, what that, address, that, what that's exactly was my
2: to... suggestion. I was going to suggest uh, Captain James T. Kirk because he's a huge Star Trek fan <laughs> and uh, occasionally uses that when travelling. Apparently, um, yeah. and uh, you know, you could, it's quite—it's quite the outfit it's kind as of well. Clearly, yeah, we don't want to that. dress somebody up in you know something that looks like their ordinary clothes, but you know, um, with that. Uh,
0: I think I, I, you know, I it's not a competition. On, it's came. not a competition, but I think the spaceman's a better idea than James Kirk because, is because you could travel to forever. defend yourself. I don't want to be radical here, but I would suggest that Alex Hammond is not as buff as William Shatner in the '60s. It's quite, <laughs> it's quite tightly on Star Trek outfit. I don't think that's anything anybody wants to see. You
2: Space thought, suit kind of hides you it all. So William Shatner was buff. I didn't say he Even was buff. in the '60s, I said he's
0: more buff than Alex Hammond. That's mean, surely not controversial.
2: Well, look, I mean, my favorite character was always Bones, so I fairly ignored Kirk to be honest. Well, so I can't possibly one. comment. No, Bones was the Doctor.
0: Is he not? Who, oh, no, he, yeah, I'm getting confused.
2: Um, I, I told Scott you I'm not it, a fan.
0: He, he I'm not <laughs> <fan.
1: laughs> Look, Carol, Mon-
0: Carol Monaghan on next week. i to myself is a huge cheese. nerd. She'll, she'll answer all the Star Trek questions. She will. Um, have you got a question for next week's guest, Kirsten?
1: Yes. Uh, Car- Carol's teacher by profession. Um, and I, I'm a bit concerned about the prospect of this bill being talked out. Um, and I wondered what consequences as a teacher Carol would... Um, impose upon MPs who talk out really important bills like this okay. would they be made to stand in the corner would they get a red card okay. punyeki as they okay. used to say in my oh, day oh yeah 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 not that funny I ever idea, had a funny okay. that's a term I haven't
0: heard for a long time um, wow
1: so yeah I'd be interested in Carol's view of the world there uh,
0: okay that is a good question um, I hope it's her that's on she doesn't drop out because that's going to be a weird question if it's somebody else <laughs> but, um, anyway we'll deal with that uh, okay listen we will finish up there and I will say thank you to my guests Kirsten Oswald thank and you very much thank you to Kate Devlin thank you uh, you can both come again uh, I'll and, bring the Jaffa Cakes uh, yeah okay <laughs> uh, Yeah, they are the king of cakes apparently Mr Jaffa Cake if you're out there. And you want to sponsor me, I am at political yeti on Twitter or politicalyeti at gmail.com on the email. Or if anybody else wants to sponsor me or discuss their favorite Star Wars, Star Wars. Oh, no. Star Trek character or anything like that. Uh, do get in touch. And thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Thanks.